Are you ready? <laughs> Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> <laughs> you should just speak up. Okay, cool. Uh, please introduce yourself. Okay, I'm Wandi Lizondo, uh, the business manager and co-founder of Thesis Lifestyle. Okay, cool. So for me, it's very easy to go thesis. I know what it is. I know how it works. But like for someone that doesn't know anything at all, what is it? Streetwear brand. Uh, trying to illustrate a new point of view about street culture in SA, pretty much based in Soweto, rooted in Soweto. Uh, pretty much a brand that's trying to do social commentary in a cool, young urban way. So, yeah, uh, that's what it is. And we famous for bucket hats. Famous for bucket hats? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Uh, we made bucket hats cool in South yeah. Africa. Mm, we made them more urban, we made them more relevant. I mean, growing up, bucket hats were for sources and ducks in the hood, but we kind of flipped and changed the pattern and all of that. And then now it's a cool thing, you know, it's more of a thing that gets you street cred now. Uh, and we also make like basic ready to wear clothes from jacket, pants, dangaries. Yeah, and also we, the brand has, so the brand in a nutshell is just separating four quadrants. So it's the clothing, uh, this is clothing. We have the retail space, which is like where we sell stuff. We used to have a shop in Kachiso and Mufula. And then the third is like the social commentary. Uh, which is also not just social in terms of commentary, but the impact as well that will involve our run crew, whereby we're trying to get people moving, uh, get people to be active. So it also has a bit of cycling. And the fourth one is events. We recently one of the dopest events in Georgia. This is social jam sessions. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's yeah, pretty much the four things, you know. So when I say events, we do a store launch, we do, you know, just a lot of events, you know. So that's what it is, you know. Um, just to start off with, because you said a lot of different things. Um, we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Under the brand thesis. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want you to explain or just expand on your decision to have a store in Soweto. So what I've often seen is like when someone starts a, a business in Soweto, the first thing they do is move it to like what they think is like the cool place. So whether it's Brahm or Central Joburg, like what's the thinking behind just going, we are a Soweto brand that's going to stay in Soweto and it's going to build and grow in Soweto? Okay, I think firstly, I mean, this question is not the first one, probably not the last one. And it's, I've always given one simple answer. Why not Soweto? You know, why not Soweto? Why, why? I mean, you need to, because it's easy for people, like I've always said this, you know, I'm not the most educated guy. I dropped, uh, actually I never even went to higher education learning. After matric, uh, that was the end of me. But I don't know where I get it. Like we need to, we need to bring facts on the table sometimes, and, and, and say, if you were to 
the primary goal of any business is to make money. And for you to make money, you need to be backed up by some research. And with research comes proper understanding, more than thumb sucking. So it's, I mean, we started the brand in 2007. Mapo was started, I was open in 2007. So it, I'm, I'm trying to tell you is that it was that time where everyone was now really going into the township economy. Everyone has did a lot of research on it. Mm. And around that time, it was time whereby everyone was just Chablani Mall, all malls were popping out in the hood, you know. And you kind of, through reading, you kind of pick it up that if big corporates are coming back where it's supposedly risky to do business and they're investing, there must be something good happening there. And it was simply based on the economies and the numbers. You know, it's, you have like counted as per census, five million people. So it's just a simple goal, you know, five million people, 10% of that is 500,000. I mean, if you want 500,000 spending 10% on your business per annum, you're turning over five bars just by the Soweto market. So that will, which is the basis of like those economics, those numbers, that kind of also in terms of the decision making. And also, if you look with any good business, that has been around. It's either it was started as a back room, garage, could be banned or anything that's really dope. It's, it starts in its own community and it serves people. You know, your first sale when an entrepreneur is highly likely to be a family, the community and all of that. Mm. And there was always this notion that, I'm sorry, it could be could sound racial and all of that, but for me, I wasn't gonna depend on the same people that was oppressed us to say that I want freedom and then I'm gonna go rely on the same white person to give me a job, to, to take care of my well-being. You know, I had to start my own thing. I mean, that's where we were as a country, they were building their own industries. You know, Pepco became Pepco because Christopher Isi realized that people in the farms didn't afford new clothes. They would always get hand-me-downs uh, hand from the farms and from the farm owners and all of that. And he wanted to give people dignity. And that's how he created Pepco. Mm. And the rest is history. We have Chris Yusner, you know, mm. uh, through Pepco. You know, it's like there's so much money that, that they've made, you know. Uh, ShopRite. You know, it's the same thing, how it was done. And you look at that, everyone is just capitalizing on this majority of people, and no one from them is really building from the inside. Mm. And I had a long-term thinking to say, see, I'm benchmarking to say Pepco. If you look at what Pepco is now, and the value is like, I'm not building a company, for a five-year plan, two-year plan. I'm building a company that I'll leave me. You know, so it's a gradual growth and all of that. It needs to be rooted in its community. It needs to work with the community. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was also just building and trying to build a 
business inside your neighborhood because township was always regarded as a bad place where nothing good would come out. And whereas a lot of people that are out there making it came from the township. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So mm. it's like common sense. It's like, no, let's do common sense. These guys leave. When, you've, when you're black and you've made it, it's like you need to move out of the hood. But you would have been, you wouldn't have been that person if the hood didn't inspire you. Mm. You know? So you need a lot of resilience also to not be consumed by the township mentality and also think beyond. So as a person, it's like, I'm just, I'm a global citizen. So I live on the internet, I get inspiration. And with that inspiration, it's like, you see guys like with street culture, street culture started in Lafayette. You know, there was Supreme, there was Stussy, and there was Union. Those are the guys that push the culture, Hiroshi Fujiwara and all of that. Those guys don't create culture outside of their neighborhoods outside of their communities. So why would you... Brown is not relevant to me. Why would I go to Brown? There's nothing that says one dealer with Brown. Mm. Uh, you, you understand? I'm from the hood. If I go around the corner, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, so that was the reason. You know, I don't know if I've said a lot about that reason because <laughs> it's yeah. really like... Yeah, but it was just also the bottom line of it. Yeah. Had to be free, man. Had to be free to do what I love, you know, to be able to drive my life, you know. Yeah. Because I'm very much a black consciousness student and I couldn't rely on the same person just because they allowed me to vote. Can't rely on them to make sure that I have a bank account. I'd rather make it out of my community and serve my community. That was the premise of it. Um, just from everything that you said now, but also just like meeting you last week and also just the products you guys produce. So last week I bought a tote bag, for example, and it said, define yourself. And what you said, one of the pillars of your business is social commentary. Like how important is it for you guys to create products that comment on what society is or what it will be? And like, how important is that for your business and just how you see things? I think it's, it's it, 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 probably it's one of the things that we do so good. We, 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 and we do it in a nice way. We don't force it. It just happens naturally. The store on its own, I think it's social commentary. Your last question, why didn't you go in the bath to open up a shop? We like, social comment we're gonna open it in the hood it's just the wrong according to people <laughs> yeah. to open up a shop in the hood yeah so it's like now it's like it's also with the long-term thinking i knew that opening a shop in the hood was going to be a disadvantage in the beginning but the, my vision was like everything in the hood is changing and when anything changes there will people who will want to come to the hood and look for something that really doesn't look hot but it just shows that people from the hood have so our disadvantage in the hood has turned out to be an advantage mm. why Yoko is trying to work with this is it's because of that I've worked with Nike why Nike do wants to work with this is because this is this brand in the hood but it doesn't look like a brand in the hood mm. you know yeah it's a could have been a disadvantage because people in the beginning people would be like why you know you why this you know it's a white thing and 
you know, and all of that. But it's easy for someone to listen to the noise and get distorted in pushing their vision. That's also one thing about I'm hella stubborn. Stubborn <laughs> person ever. It's like, I know it's not like, probably I took my Zulu stubbornness and challenged into business to say, I won't quit, I'll make this work. I know for sure this is how it must be done. And should we do it this way, we are going to win. That's always been. And that I won't change. It's like, I see a lot of potential. If this is a turnover, five bars just from the Soweto shop, I've achieved something, I need to move the goalpost. Mm. You know, so it's like, there's that, there's opportunities online, you know? So there's more opportunities. People from outside, like, it's like, yo, these guys have been doing this. We've been doing this for 13 years now. Mm. You know, and we are no longer a startup. We need to be a proper business now. And also as a person needs to involve and do new things, adjust to you know how you do business better, growing. So. Yeah. Um so you did mention like a, a couple of brands there. And when I did come to your store, um I noticed that uh you had a, a store that was like branded in Jägermeister, yeah. for example. So I just wanted to ask you about the way you guys work with brands and what you think those brands are trying to connect with by working with you as well. <laughs> uh, I'm the most honest person, you know, and I tell the truth the way it is. If it doesn't sit well with people who would listen to this, it's the truth. The next frontier of growth within brands in South Africa is the black urban youth. And unfortunately, you'll never, the most concentration of the black urban youth is in townships. So, when you, black middle class, was going away, they lost relevance to people in the hood. Mm. Let's not talk, even talk about white people who don't know us, who don't understand, really understand us because townships are still a Swarkhafar place. You know, mm. people still tell you, Soweto, that was a scary place and all of that, you know. We've hosted Flavor Flav. We've hosted a lot of people, like prominent people have been coming to the store, never had incidents, bands and all of that. You know, so the psychological thing that Soweto is a Swarkhafar is like, it, you can't come in and relate to the people. So brands want to relate to the people, and this is that. You know, it's just we are a catalyst to make brands relevant, because mm. we've got the know-how to talk to the young urban youth. And it's not also having the know-how, but it's just second nature to us. I mean, we in the hood, we work in the hood. It's like everything we do in the hood, so we don't have to go out there and try to be relevant in the hood. It's an everyday thing. So with Yega, I mean, it's the truth. Yega is just a brand that's been associated with rock and roll, white areas and all of that. They want to be relevant to black avenues. They've reached saturation in the white market. They want to be relevant. They would come to us and we find synergies to say, okay, this is endless. And that's one of the best collabs we've done so far. 
you know, we've done collabs with Nike, we've done collabs with Virgin Active, uh, we've done, did a collab with Capital Band. We've pretty much done collabs with like a lot of corporates, mm-hmm. you know? And this one was quite nice because it's just not a once-off. It's a continuous thing that's just there at the store. And I always say, and in as much as we are a small brand, we are an enabler. We enable people to look good, feel good, and all of that about themselves. So even corporates, collaborations, are always about two brands coming together to enable each other to be better and reach other markets. So that's what I think it is. Yeah. You know, and it's so fortunate enough that it lives in our space so we can be able to tell that story to the consumer. This is what this is all about. So, um, so I think this might be the final question. So, I mean, I... You can I, go, I, you can go. You can go. Yo, you want to go? <laughs> go, go so, um, I grew up in Soweto, you know, yeah. but I never grew up with role models that were entrepreneurs that were running their own businesses, unfortunately. Yeah. I just wasn't close enough to them, yeah. right, to learn, right? Yeah. Um, but right now, with the way social media is, I'm sure there's young people that are in, say, townships that grew up in, you know, the situations we grew up in, and they can have more access to you by seeing what you're doing, and they can be inspired by you. But what do you think is one thing that you wish they would learn about the journey of being an entrepreneur and building a business versus just being inspired? Good question. <laughs> that it's not all social media. It's yeah. all about hard work. You need to work hard, dude. Like, unfortunately, kids these days are not hungry. Like, they will tell you now. They'd be like, ah, this guy. Yo, you need to work hard. Like, I tell you now, you know, it's uh, with the whole economy and all of that. This year, we almost closed shop. You know, uh, on paper, yeah, we didn't exist in a nutshell. Uh, we're supposed to close shop but I, it came to me that I was like you know what I'm not working hard this was the only thing I'm no longer hungry you know and with that it was a realization that you know what you need to yeah you need to step up you know you need to dig deep lad. you know there's no other way to make this work you need to work hard like and yeah and I told I mean I don't know, I got it back, I got, you know, uh, my mojo back, and I was like, you know what, it feels like one deal in 2007, when you open pieces, the same hunger, that same thing, the same energy is there back again, and you know what that means? It simply means I'll outwork anyone in the street where I came in South Africa currently. You give me anyone, you, 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 can, you can give me anyone who has a brand, I want name drop names but I'll outwork anyone currently yeah that's the that's my only thing I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not the best person probably the hardest working person you'll know maybe it be running maybe cycling maybe whatever that I put my mind into it's like I've got an addictive character so it's very important for me to always channel my energies into positive things so that once I, I switch on, I get into it. I just work. Just keep on working, keep on graphing. Like the kids, just, that's the thing. It's like social media is just one part of it, you know? 
It's just that one picture, but there's 24 hours in a day. Mm. That one picture only talks about that person's at that time. But the other hours, what's that person doing? Because kids just see what they see on social media and they think that it's the end product. They don't know the process. Because I always say, you know, it's all about the process and how we apply ourselves, how we apply the process to our ideas. Everyone can have a great idea. I tell you now, probably someone thought of Yoko a long time ago, something similar to Yoko. But the guys who went out there and did it and worked on it, who put on some energy into it, rather than saying they have a great idea, are the ones that are out here. Today. Yeah, I, I think it's the same. Someone thought of thesis as well. <laughs> you, know? you know? Yeah. And probably still even more kids who are still thinking of opening stores in the hood. Mm. You know? And which is a good thing, but it's how you apply yourself. How bad do you want it? It's like, are you waking up every day to win? Or are you just waking up just to be a spectator? Iron? to be part of the reaction but you mean nothing to this world I'm here to win I'm here to get what's mine my God it's like I'm here to make sure that I leave an impact kids see me and say you know what this guy came from nothing blue collar parents never went never even went close to any high school from the farms and but this guy was like, I never my dad, I never had a role model. My parents, probably my dad is my biggest inspiration because he was a hardworking guy. My mom was a hardworking person, you know? And it's like I was raised by those two people and the values as like that they had and their work ethic, it's what I'll always take with me. And really now apply what's new and what's also nice about the industry I'm playing in. Street culture is really new in South Africa and you know it's probably started rebuilding up around not even maybe 2005 that's where everything was shift, shifting. Uh, we, don't, we don't have rules so whatever that you do you, you, you like you come you're making your own rules you know according to the rule book you wouldn't have opened up a concept store in Soweto in 2007. So it was against those kind of norms, those rules. You know, you do what you love, and at all costs, you gotta make it work. And to make it work, you have to put in extra hours. And the sad thing is that I was telling a friend of mine that there's nothing in the world that's the most consistent thing as time. Time waits for no man. So if you chill and say your idea is the greatest, the best, and you chill, the bottom line is you chill and time is moving. So I was fortunate enough to start at a young age. You know, I see kids, I'm like, at your age, at 22, dude, I had already done my first business plan. I had Googled it, I had just worked on it, got an example. I was already asking money to open up the shop. That's how forward I was. Like, I was naive like that to say I'll be an entrepreneur. And one thing also that pushed me to be an entrepreneur is like I didn't have money to go study in high school, but I was like the only way to make it work. It's through entrepreneurship, but also entrepreneurship. I never grew up from family business, so what is it that? And then you kind of read. I mean, when you look at the story of Richard Branson, how he started the whole Virgin Group, 
uh, with Student Magazine, how every, that evolution, it's like I saw a lot of similarities with me. It's like we have our, we can open our own store, we can just chill, you know, do our own thing. And you know that we're young, we do all the crazy things. But if I would do this for the rest of my life, I'm 100% sure I won't be a complete failure. But one day it will work. And when it works, there's no poor successful businessman.